So throughout these next few chapters here, I want to talk about different moments. And so here's the, I'm going to give you the different moments we're going to go through, and then I'll show you what, uh, where it is in these chapters. So we have, you can put that slide up about the different moments. So we have these different moments here. We have mad moments, mission moments, midnight moments, multiplying moments. I'll start with M. Pastor Rich Stevenson would be very proud of me. Shout out to Rich. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we have all these different moments that happen in Paul's second missionary journey here. So Paul here is in the middle of it. We have traditionally in the book of Acts, we see Paul has three missionary journeys that he goes on. This chap- these chapters are going to be his second missionary journey. So it's in the middle of the first, second, and third. This is the second. So it's very in the middle, which is kind of how we live as Christians, right? We li- everyone lives kind of in the middle of something. Right? Does this, does this phrase sound familiar to you? I'm just in the middle of something right now. That was my mom when I would ask her questions as I'm playing. Hey, mom, can I get it? Can I, mom, I'm in, the mem- I'm in the middle of something right now. Oh, okay. You know? Or you might say, I'm in the thick of it. Right? In the middle of it, you're in, the, you're in the thick of something. You're just right there. Or you might say something like this. I just found myself in the middle of some drama. Anybody ever find themselves in the middle of drama? And you're just stuck there and you're not sure between a rock and a hard place and you're not sure where to go. You're just in the middle. That kind of defines our lives. We're always in the middle of something. Something's happening. Something's always going on. So here we found Paul in the middle of a mad moment. And in Acts 15, 36, we see that Paul and Barnabas have a disagreement. Paul was ready to go back to all these different churches that he went to in the first missionary journey. And Barnabas was like, yeah, that's great. Now let's take on Mark with us. And Paul's like, wait a second. Mark left us earlier in those chapters. We see that he left for whatever reason. So Paul's like, no way, Jose. We're not taking Mark with us. Barnabas got mad about that. Please, we, we have to take him whatever reason. And we just see them both really sharply disagree. And so there's a brokenness that happens in this mad moment. And so in this mad moment, my question for us, and I'm going to have questions for each of these moments that we can kind of reflect on and think about, but the mad moment here is, how do we respond to brokenness as Christians? So Paul and Barnabas have a broken relationship, and we do see later on that uh, things, we don't see it in the book of Acts, but we see it in other letters where Paul writes to Barnabas, Paul writes to Mark, so we do see some reconciliation in the Word of God between these characters, between these people. Uh, but not so in the book of Acts. But we see that Paul and Barnabas separate. Paul goes his own way, ends up doing some really amazing things still. So his response to brokenness was to, to, to keep going. Uh, I want to read Acts 15, just this verse so we know where we are. Acts 15, I think it's uh, 36 there. Do I have it? Yep, 39. It says, they had a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left commi- uh, and left commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So we see that Barnabas goes, I think he actually went back to those churches that, to go strengthen them, but Paul now is going on a completely different journey. So in a way, you know, this mad moment, God actually used it to, uh, for good, which we see as a theme in all of Scripture. Look at Genesis 50:20, where what the enemy chose to try to break apart, God used for the better. So even though this was a mad sharp disagreement, and I don't encourage us to have disagreements so that God can use us in different ways, but we already have sharp disagreements with people, but the Lord can use those things to actually do better for uh, other people. 
So that's the grace and mercy of God right there. So speaking of how we respond to mad moments and brokenness, I have two stories from my own personal life. My own personal life. That's a double negative there. Double anyway. Sorry. Uh, so I have two personal stories here. One story is when I was a little kid, I got mad as a, as a child. So I can share this moment because I was a kid when I got mad. Uh, I got mad as a little kid. So I was the youngest of four, and we used to play really intense sports always. We played uh, uh, lots, lots of different dodgeballs and things like that, baseball, football. We played Foursquare. We were serious about Foursquare. All right, so we always had a Foursquare with chalk lined up and ready. So as the youngest, I always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, you know, because my older siblings were a little bit, you know, better when I was younger. Uh, and so I always had to kind of play with a little more of aggression, you know, kind of get mad and get in, and play and, and so I could win and prove myself. So we're playing four square. I kept getting out. And finally, I made it to the, the fourth square. I finally, I mean, after try and try, I finally made it. Like, oh, he finally made it. My first try, I get up there and I serve it and they hit it back to me and I got out right away. Okay, like immediately. And everybody knew what happened. They, all, they were all laughing because they knew I was trying so hard to prove myself to get there. Finally got there. I lost my kingdom in Foursquare. I got out right away, and they're all like, bah! <laughs> they're laughing at me. And I was so mad, you know, as little kids get, they, they throw their bodies. So I just ah! threw my body in anger, and I landed in the grass. But what was waiting for me in the grass was a pile of dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> so I threw myself into the dog poop out of my anger. And so their laughter went from ha, ha, ha to <laughs> you know, just increased in laughter. They were laughing at me, and it was humiliating. And so my reaction to that mad moment was to just throw myself. And so my encouragement to you is if you get mad, do not throw yourself because you might land in poop, okay? That happens a lot. So that was my mistake there. I did not respond properly to a mad moment. But there was another story in my life as a kid where I saw somebody that there was a, it could have been a, a really potentially really mad moment, but I saw somebody show me really a lot of grace and mercy. We were on a family trip, and uh, we were helping out a, a church on a family trip, and me and my, my mom and dad and uh, brothers and sister were there, and it was at the end of the trip. We were about to go home. We had these church vans that we took up here, and so we were, it was kind of a camping trip, and so I had this slingshot, and I'm like, you know, five or six, Luke, my son Luke's age, and I had this slingshot, and I was throwing rocks, you know, pointing rocks out, out of the trees or whatever, and I think I accidentally pointed my, it was an accident, I promise you, I was not a de de deceivious little boy, I put my rock, deceivious, what am I trying to say, devious, devious, there we go, English today, so I took my rock, no, hyperbole, this is not, a, this is a real thing, this is not a hyperbole, I took my little rock and my slingshot, boom, and it hit the van window, <laughs> I was like, boom, as a little kid, you know, I did not mean to. And I froze. <gasps> and it was like that moment, the crack in the window. <laughs> Boom! And it fell over. And my dad saw what happened. And he knew it was an accident. And he didn't yell. He didn't freak out. Even though this was not his van, it was the church van. He showed me a lot of grace and mercy in that moment. And so what that did for me as a small child, it was so... Uh, impressionable on me as a kid because you know that moment when you you do something wrong as a kid but a father shows you so much grace and mercy in that moment it transformed me just in that short little moment and so we patched up the window and got home my dad was ready and willing to pay for my brokenness and what I did wrong 
he was going to pay the pastor, and hey, here we go. But then the pastor showed grace and compassion and said, no, it's, you know, don't worry about it. We'll pay for it. And so my dad showed me compassion out of brokenness, and then the pastor in turn showed my dad compassion and grace in that. So what a, what a beautiful picture there of when mad moments happen, the proper response. We could throw ourselves and land in poop, or we could act calmly, receive the Lord's grace and mercy, because we understand grace and mercy and forgiveness as Christians, right? <laughs> and we show that in response to people that are broken around us in mad moments. So when brokenness does happen, it is an opportunity for healing to happen. Just like when Paul and Barnabas' brokenness happened, there was lots of moments of healing that happened afterwards, and you can continue reading and what happened afterwards. So then Paul later writes about a good answer in response to mad moments. In Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, it says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brewing and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 4.32 is one of those verses that, one of my kind of life verses. Uh, I guess apparently Kevin means kind one. I don't know. I had this little plaque in my room growing up, and Ephesians 4.32 was under there. It was Kevin, kind one. And so I always wanted to try to, to live up to that verse. So even in mad moments, they're going to happen, right? We're all going to have these mad moments, but it's about us responding. How are we going to, are we going to respond like Christ? So Paul his response was to continue with this mission that he had. He, even though he got mad, he said, I, I have this mission. The Lord has called me to do something. I've been transformed by God's grace and love and mercy, and I'm going to use that, and I'm going to keep going. So the Spirit of God was living inside of Paul to keep going. And he says this about uh, 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 this desire and this eager to still minister. We have mad moments, but we can't just get stuck in them and throw ourselves around. If we're filled with the Spirit of God, we're going to continue pressing through mad moments because we have a mission. We are mission people as Christians. We're going to press through because the Spirit of God lives and dwells inside of us. Colossians 1, 28 through 29 says this. This is also Paul writing. He is the one, Jesus, we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ so that we can help fix the brokenness. We can help fix this mad world that we live in. To this end, this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Paul kept pressing through the mad moments because he realized he had a mission, which brings us to this mission moments. Mission moments. Do you understand your mission as a Christian? Do you understand that you are on mission always? That you as somebody who's been fixed by God's love and, and his forgiveness, we can in turn be agents of that change in this world. Do you understand that? And so Paul gets, uh, keeps going. He gets Silas now. All right, so Paul picks up Silas. He picks up another guy named Timothy. And you see how important Paul and Timothy's relationship was, is just go read First and Second Timothy. You see that Paul uh, really poured his life into Timothy. So then, um, even though Paul was in this mad moment, he knew that he was going to keep going. And then you see in Acts 16, we see this woman who was possessed with an evil spirit. 
And Paul and Silas, they were, they were talking with her, and she kept kind of badgering them. And finally, Paul was like, look, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And that evil spirit left that woman here in Acts 16, and she was healed. But the people who were controlling this lady, she was a slave, they did not like that because they were making, mo- uh, ma- making money off of her because she was a fortune teller. She was, she was sharing things. They were making money. So when Paul and Silas did this, these people were not happy, and they caused, hey, Paul and Silas caused a big stir here in the city. Let's get them in trouble. So the officials looked into it, and they were like, yeah, you can't do that, okay? And so even though Paul pressed through his mad moment to his mission moment, there were still hardships that happened, okay? So, like, don't think that you're, okay, I'm past my mad moment. I'm on a mission. And if something bad happens, don't revert back to your madness. Don't revert back to it. Don't go backwards, but keep on going because it kind of goes like this on our missionary journey, on our Christian journey, right? Mad moment, uh, the Lord uses something and fixes something in it, and we kind of go upwards. Okay, hey, we're on a mission moment. Yeah, this is great. And then you do something for the Lord. I just, this this girl just got healed. Awesome. But then you get thrown in prison. (laughs) So Paul and Silas now are in prison because of this. Now, do they go back to being angry and upset? And did Paul and Silas be like, I should, you, you shouldn't have prayed for her? And did they get mad at each other and break? No. But instead, they had this midnight moment, which we're going to hear next, midnight moment, where in the middle of the night, they were in prison, they prayed, they were worshiping, and what happened is the Lord broke them out. So they didn't revert back to being mad in prison. They, they, that could have been really easy to get really mad in prison like that, right? We were worshiping you, God. We were, we were doing awesome things for you, God. Why are we in prison now? No, but instead they're like, all right. <laughs> Jesus got thrown into to prison. Okay. So Paul and Silas are singing songs of worship, and God met them there in the midnight moment. And so we have lots of these midnight moments, don't we? So my question to you is, are you constantly in an attitude of prayer and worship? Are you fueling your heart with prayer and worship? Because midnight moments will happen. So if you're fueling yourself and you're getting yourself ready just in advance, you, don't even, you might not even know what's going to come. We don't. You're fueling yourself with prayer and worship constantly. So when you find yourself in a midnight moment, you're already praying and worshiping. You're like, hey, this is kind of, you know, let's just keep on praying and worshiping the Lord, and we'll see what happens. And they saw what happened. They broke out. The Lord broke them out. And uh, an amazing thing happened there in Acts 16 all the way to the end of 17 there. So speaking of midnight moments, uh, my wife, Kayla, is uh, pregnant. We, do we know this? Some of us know this, all right? And so um, we have two little ones already, five and six. We're about to have another newborn. And so uh, newborns, what they do, they like to, to give you as parents a lot of midnight moments in the middle of the night. And... <laughs> All right, you want me to share a mad story when I got, okay, I, sh- I shared a mad story when I was a kid. I guess I should share a mad story when I'm an adult, just to show, no? Uh, you know, middle, middle of the night, baby wakes up. I think it was my firstborn, Luke, and it was just, I was a new parent. I didn't know what was going on. I'm getting woken up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., like, what is happening? The third time I got woken up, it was just like, well, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but it was just overreaction. I got mad. I was like, oh, I'm so tired. So those happen. Uh, so... As a, as a new parent, and I, and I want to encourage 
you know, uh, people that are, that are uh, new parents or have small children, you know, these midnight moments that, that you have with your child can be actually really uh, special and precious because what happens is these children wake you up, right, and they're crying. I mean, think about it as a child. I mean, think about how traumatizing birth is as a kid, <laughs> as a baby. You know what I mean? Like, you're in this perfect place, and then all of a sudden, it's just bright and na- lo- n- noisy and loud, and you're like, ah! You know, that's why the babies are crying. Like, what is happening to me? And then in the middle of the night, they're, you know, still getting used to this world. They're waking up in the middle of the night, ah! You know, where am I? Or, or you know, crying because they're hungry or something. And you can take that moment, and you can actually show your child, your baby, how to react to midnight moments through prayer and worship. So that when you have your baby, you know, you're, you're, you're coddling them, you're, you're comforting them in the middle of the night, you're singing songs to them, praying, worshiping. That baby can feel how you reacted to a midnight moment. What an amazing testimony for that child. For all of us, we, maybe some of us had mothers and fathers who had midnight moments where they took us and instead of getting all mad, they, they were singing songs of praise and worship in the middle of the night to our children, to you. And so I just thought that was such a testimony there for us. It's, for me, at least, I, I'm preparing myself for this midnight moment coming up. I know that's coming up. And I'm preparing myself that when it happens, all right, when this happens, when I get woken up, I'm going to sing songs of worship. I'm going to have a playlist ready in the middle of the night. And I'm going to go for it in the middle of the night. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of maybe you don't have a newborn baby, but you have uh, other kids. Our kids are watching us. They see how we react to everything. I know that's not good to hear, but that's truth. They see how we react to every midnight moment we have. We could have a midnight moment at 6 p.m. We could have a midnight moment any time of the day. And our kids see that. Are we going to react with anger and mad? Or are we going to react with a mission on our hearts? My mission in this midnight moment is to pray and worship with my child. My midnight moment when my, my teenager comes to me with something crazy, I'm going to take a deep breath, realize the grace and mercy on my own life, and I'm going to try my best to react like Christ would react in this situation, okay? This is called discipleship. <laughs> Parents, you are the, the, the most influence, uh, influencer in your child's life to disciple them, to grow them, to, to see show them how to react like Christ reacts. So this brings us to our last moment here, the multiplying moments, multiplying moments. Now, in Acts 17 and 18, uh, I know it's a fairly large chunk here, two chapters, but real briefly, what happens here is Paul goes to a place called Thessalonica, and he uh, is there for a short time, and uh, encouraging believers there. Then he goes off to uh, Corinth, church in Corinth, and starts a church there and encourages believers and sees growth happen. And so those places are very important because you see later on in the New Testament that Paul writes to those, First and Second Thessalonians. Then he writes to Corinthians, First and Second Corinthians, both two, two whole letters that he writes to them, multiplying. And so he uh, continued on with this mission. He didn't let the midnight moment stop him. And he saw multiplication happen. He saw discipleship happen. And so my question here for multiplying moments is, are you making disciples? Intentional pause. (laughs) I mean, 
that's a good question, right? I mean, this is, this is the core of who we are as Christ followers. I mean, this is what Jesus gave us when he left this earth and ascended back into heaven. Go into all the world and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go, I will always be with you. He left behind his Holy Spirit to fill us so that we could actually go forth with this mission of multiplying and seeing people come to know Christ. This is, uh, this is the gospel story. Jesus came to fix our brokenness, and then as he ascended back, he left us with his spirit so that we can be helpful in aiding the brokenness around us. So here's what I want to say to you. You are ready to make disciples. Do you know that? Every single one of you in here, in this room, you are ready to make disciples in Christ. You're not making a disciple of yourself, because if you were, then we might end up having a lot of mad kids around, <laughs> right? Because we get angry. If we don't have the Lord causing us to comfort us and strengthen us, if we, cause, if we make disciples of ourselves, this world's just going to get madder. Madder a word? More mad. It's a mad world we live in. Don't let make me start singing. So don't, don't wait for this. Start, start doing this today. And have multiplying moments. Now, I know we're all excuses. We all have this middle of something, like I said at the beginning. We're in the middle of something. I'm just in the I'll start making a disciple, you know, next year. I got some things I'm working on. I'm in the middle of something right now. I, got, I just got to work on this in my life. And then I'll start making disciples. How long have we been saying that? I'm just in the middle of something. Then I'm going to start. Look at Paul. In this story, mad moments after mad moments, midnight moments happen, but yet he continued on in his mission because he knew what it was. His mission was to multiply. His mission was to go forth with the gospel, and he continued doing that. And so you can do the same thing as well. I know that life might be going at 100 miles per hour, but this is why we have Sabbath days, <laughs> the rest so that we can start another week of multiplying and going on mission. So here's, here, here uh, we're going to finish here, so if you want to come up, Pastor Brian. But I have three questions here to kind of, in response, to ask yourself. And these are good questions that, that you can kind of take and uh, think about and use every day. But here's the three questions to ask yourself while you're on this mission journey, while you're on this Christian journey. Who is broken around me? Who is in a mad moment around me? As a Christ follower, you look around, you see a lot of people in mad moments. A lot of people just live in that. I mean, I don't understand how people can live without Christ in this mad world. They just get it's more mad after mad. And people are constantly living in madness. But as Christ followers, we look at that, we see... Who's broken around me? Who's stuck in mad moments that I can help? Who I can give an encouraging word to in hopes that they can respond and look to Christ? So who is broken around me? And then the second one is how can I respond like Christ to them? You see and recognize the brokenness, which isn't very hard to see and recognize. Then you respond to them like Christ because Christ has responded to you. 
And then, am I praying for them? You might have an encounter with somebody that's mad. You might give them an encouraging word in hopes that they respond with, oh, or they might respond and they get madder. But are you just constantly praying for those who don't know the Lord? Constantly praying for our fellow believers who do know the Lord. Are we just in constant attitude of prayer and worship? Who is broken around me? How can I respond like Christ? And am I praying for them? I understand that we uh, are probably on different journey, uh, different paths, different um, places on our journey. There might be some some of us in here that maybe are just stuck in mad moments. We haven't really felt a call, a mission of God. So I want to pray right now and just ask if you are just kind of feeling that that stuck in mad a mad moment, or just you know maybe it's not mad, maybe you're feeling sad, scared about something, or whatever it may be. You just know it's not of of the Lord. I just want to pray right now for you. Pray for all of us right now that we would receive a calling and, a, and, and receive what the Lord has for us to do on this mission, on this journey. So Lord, we ask right now that you would give us your grace, compassion, Lord. If there's anybody in here, Lord, that just needs a touch from you, Lord, I pray that you'd meet them right here, right now, Lord. thank you, Lord, for giving us an example, Lord, that we don't have to react like the world reacts, Lord, but we have a person, a perfect person to look to as an example of how to react on this Christian journey. It's you, Jesus, your name, Christ. We look to you as we're on this journey, Lord, throughout all the different moments that we go through, Lord. We look to your steadiness, Lord. You are the rock that we build our life upon. It's your words, Lord, that we build our life upon. And so we want to we listen to your words. Fill us with a, a, a desire and eagerness to know more of your word, to understand it, to have revelation of it, and to live it out, Lord. We pray if there's anyone in here right now that's just stuck in frustration, Father, would you meet them right now, here and now, Lord? Call them out of that place, Lord. Let them see their mission, their importance to this cause. Let them see their value, Lord. As Christians, Lord, as humans, let them see their value, Father. you do the multiplying, Lord. We want to be faithful in this journey and then see the multiplication happen, Lord, by your grace. We love you, God. We're going to sing another song here. Feel free to come up and pray.